Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. You're listening to the semi-extended version of Inside Sources today. We uh, gladly gave up a half hour to the governor for his program today. Uh, but we'll be with you all the way until 3 o'clock. And we're going to uh, shift gears a little bit now, away from the news and the politics of the day. Uh, most Utah school kids are back in school this week, and that leads to all kinds of stressors and anxiety and pressure and, and frustrations, and some for the kids. <laughs> most of it's for the parents, I think. Uh, but we wanted to talk through how do how do we really uh, navigate this? We, we teed this up a little bit yesterday on the program. We talked about some of the different questions that you can use to talk to your children. And the thing that I want to really get to is how do we how do we have these conversations? How do we make it so we're doing less interrogating uh, of our children when they get home from school? And how are we fostering space for bigger conversations, for better conversations? Uh, very pleased to have uh, joining us here on the program today, a licensed clinical social worker and owner of Yarrow Therapy, Aaron Shepard. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So in, in your work, I know you work a lot with uh, maternal mental health, uh, which is uh, an issue we're going to have you back for on, a, on another day. Uh, but I know in a lot of your work, you, you deal with a lot of children uh, and that interaction, that dynamic with parents. Uh, as you approach, you've got four children of your own. Uh, as you approach this first week of school, what are the kinds of conversations you're trying to foster uh, with your kids? Well, I think you kind of nailed it when you said, you know, we don't want to be interrogating them. And something that I always try to remind parents of is that, you know, we want to focus on the key of that relationship. A lot of times it's really easy to feel like I don't spend enough time with my children. You know, I don't have enough time to give to that relationship. And we, we kind of get stuck on that, the quantity of, you know, how much time we're putting into that. But these questions that you brought up, you know, they really focus on, on the quality. And that helps ease our guilt you know, when we can't be around all the time, and also gives us, you know, little microbursts of conversations that are just full of a lot of value, mm-hmm. and it creates opportunities where we can have more of a dialogue in our teaching instead of lecturing. I think another thing is, as a parent, is it kind of gives us a way to check in, you know, when we're asking those questions about friends or about situations or about interests, then we can kind of also see how their values are growing and how mature they are in certain situations or, 
you know, what's lagging and, and where we can kind of help them. Yeah. You mentioned that area of just kind of the, the parental stress of of it all and, and trying to navigate that can be so tricky. As you work with, with mothers, with parents, with kids, um, what are some of the, the strategies that you have found helpful in terms of creating the right environment so those conversations can happen? So sometimes I think something we overlook is having a soft startup. You know, somebody's away from us all day and they get in our car and then we just drill them with these really heavy questions. Sometimes starting with uh, questions that uh, are facts, information. So like, today was library day. What book did you check out? Mm. Um, what books did you look at? Were you able to find what you wanted? So I'm not asking them a difficult question, but I'm also asking them a question that's not yes or no. So they are going to have to talk to me. And that kind of you know, it loosens them up, sort of. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think that's so good. And I think especially... Uh, I think with even our older kids or more maybe the junior high and high school kids, you know, so often the question is, is it done? Uh, are you ready for the test? You know, you have a test tomorrow. So we're kind of making statements and, and creating this negative uh, interaction, uh, even on things like, uh, you know, how how are you feeling about the test tomorrow? Uh, what are some other ways we can get to still get the information like you're saying, Aaron, but also, again, elevate that to a different level. Yeah, and that is, that is really tricky when they kind of hit that out of left where they just play off everything is cool or, you know, just fine. Sometimes I think that we forget our technology, And, you know, although there definitely needs to kind of be boundaries in, the, in who's the parent and who's the child, Something that we can do is kind of share our own experiences, maybe from that age, maybe a funny story about when you took a test you weren't prepared for, or when you took a test and failed, showing that you made mistakes, showing that you had to try again. So if you need to ask those questions, maybe start with kind of giving them some information, you know, as to that question. Today, things just did not go as I planned. You know, this is what threw off my day. What threw off your day? then I've, I've kind of created that, that like I'm, yeah. I'm on their team, you know, yeah. we're on the same level. Uh, that can be helpful too. Yeah. I think that's so important. We talk a lot about this idea of courageous vulnerability as parents and modeling mm-hmm. that for our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, because too often we, uh, the, you know, your child comes home and is angry and frustrated uh, because a teacher's, you know, being difficult or problematic. And, and then we either immediately take a side assuming either that the teacher's right and how could they possibly say something about my sweet angel uh, or, right. <laughs> you know, or we flip it and we side with the teacher and say, you just, you know, the teacher's right. You got to get this done. Uh, but I think sometimes just modeling the behavior and, and while I think referencing back to, you know, when you were in school or you had an experience, I think even more pulling it to today to say, man, I had this interaction with my boss today and I wanted to pull my right. hair out and run, hide in the corner um, this is what I did and, and ask for their input. And then it can mm-hmm. also translate into what they're, what's happening in their world as they're walking the halls or sitting in class. Right. And that's the important thing. Then, you know, you're not just telling them what to do. You're, you're showing and you're talking about that and you're looking at it from different angles and kind of how it can show up in different ways. Yeah. And that's really what creates, you know, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and a growth mindset where we're not fixed, you know, and things don't have to always be a certain way. Yeah. And that's so important for them 
into adulthood and how they interact in workplaces. And, and that's what we're doing. You know, we're not raising kids, we're raising adults. You know, we want them to eventually be able to be successful and functioning. Yeah, fantastic. Aaron Shepard, Yarrow Therapy, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate your insight. Yeah, thank you. All right, again, that's uh, Aaron Shepard from Yarrow Therapy and part of KSL's continued coverage this week in terms of what's going on with back to school, how we can really help our kids uh, lessen the anxiety and stress and increase their resiliency. So we'll continue to do that here on KSL News Radio. We're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, we're going to talk about Acts of Civility, Part 2. Stay with us. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.